Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, and I got a treat for us today. Uh, my guest today, she is the owner and founder of Next Step Social Communications. She's a digital marketing and social media specialist and the host of the Rocky Mountain Marketing Podcast. Please welcome to the show, Katie Brinkley. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Like for those of you just tuning in, I did that intro about three times, so uh, finally got it right. <laughs> totally couldn't tell I was reading it. So I am I'm glad you're here. Uh, Katie, we, uh, we do a lot of work in the digital marketing and social media space, um, and I matched with you from, a, from Podmatch. I noticed we had uh, some, some real good similarities on the profiles there. So for the guys that don't know, tell us a little bit, who are you and what it is that you do? Well, you, you gave a great quick intro of me uh, you know, when you did the intro here, but I've been doing this whole social media thing for a while now. Um, I actually got my start helping bands with their MySpace pages. So I've been doing the social media game for about 18 years. And every time I say that, I feel really old. But Good. yeah, I started by helping bands with their MySpace pages. I worked at the college radio station. And part of our duties at the radio station were to get bands and record labels to send us their music to play for free, you know, royalty now, free. Um, for, and so, so for people that, that are just now that are younger listeners, um, MySpace, wasn't that the software that Noah used for the, the, the social media on the Ark when he checked all the animals into the Ark? <laughs> yeah, this is basically when, you know, you go all the way back and Tom so, so was everybody's Tom first was, social yeah. media friend, right? But no, no iPhones and, and everybody's getting their, their music from the radio still. So, um, This yeah. is when Napster and Metallica were having their big, mm -hmm. you know, you know, button heads and... It was it was a different time. It was when all of us basically had our own little mini websites. I remember that. So so today's guest has been around since the beginning. Now I first started <laughs> in internet marketing about two thousand eight, but you started even before that. So um, what were the early days like of internet marketing? I mean, was it the wild west out there or what? It it was the wild west, but you know what? Looking back on it. It was an entirely different way of communicating. And I actually love, you know, how Facebook now has those Facebook memories that populate. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, back on this day in 2009, Shannon posted on your wall. And it, it seriously is someone just saying like, hey, Katie, are you going to be in town this weekend? You mm -hmm. want to catch up? Yeah. But that's, that's how we were utilizing social media. It was conversation driven. It was ways for us to connect with people that new people that we were interested in like a band or you know connecting with old friends and family and um now it's turned into kind of this not kind of into a consuming based platform how can we get in and just consume and we look at what we're doing now and we're just creating content we're all our own little oh, mini yeah. TV stations over here mm -hmm. <laughs> No, it's it's forever hungry. the the more you mm -hmm. the more you put out to social media, the more it does consume. It's funny you mentioned that though. I'd forgotten about that. Like you just 
post on people's walls and you just hey yeah. i'm in because i i come from uh, another country so when i go home i'd make facebook posts and be like get my friends to come meet me it was it was almost like a a bulletin board it was it, it was, was. A, lot, a lot different to what it is now yeah um, so is it true that there are hundreds of local single mums that want to meet me or is that just a myth from the internet then uh, you know, all of the uh, hundred single moms that want to meet you. And then, you know, every, I, the dozens of men that want to be my sugar daddy. It's, uh, it's annoying that we have those bots that come into our, our DMS. Uh, but it's, I think that if you're not utilizing social media in some regard, if you're a business owner, somebody else in your industry is, oh, and yeah, you're missing out on, on building a community around your brand. And, and that's what's one of my favorite things about trying to kind of spin the way that we're showing up on social media, getting back to that consuming culture, you know, is, is trying to craft a community around your brand. And how do you do that? Well, it's by going back to 2009 and having conversations with people. It, it's answering comments. It's, you know, commenting on their posts, starting conversations. And that's, that's really where the magic happens as as a business owner, a small business owner, when you're trying to grow your social media and grow your brand um, on different digital digital marketing outlets. We should uh, we should dip in to this uh, a little bit because you know it's an ever changing landscape. It feels like almost feels like I'm trying to run up a sand dune, trying to keep up with all these uh, all these trends. And uh, so just before we get jumped off, um, what platform? right now are you most dialed in with and most dedicated to? So for for my business, I spend a lot of time on Instagram and LinkedIn. Those are the two where I have the most engaged audience. Uh, the type of content I post is, is well received between the two platforms. It's not to say that Facebook uh, or, or Google my business or TikTok or Snapchat or any of those, I mean, <laughs> or Twitter, it's not to say that none of those don't matter, but for my audience, I have the most luck with, with Instagram and LinkedIn. And I think that that's one of the important things is you have to look at who your demographic is, where are you getting traction on a regular basis? And after you've re started receiving traction, going all in on one or two platforms, because otherwise then you're just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall <laughs> and consistent basis and you're getting white no you know you're just becoming white noise yeah i mean what i like to say is you know figure out where the fish are at before you go fishing you yeah know, look, look yeah. at what market you're talking to so um i was just wanting to know uh platform wise so i know which question uh to ask next <laughs> um obviously you know instagram uh is is much much quicker content and LinkedIn, I would imagine, would be would be slightly more uh, full length stuff. What are some of the, the the common mistakes that you see business owners making on the uh, on the Instagram platform? We'll go there first. Yeah, well, I, and I think that it's an entirely different sort of platform right now. Um, it's it's not just a place to post pretty pictures, and it kind of comes back to what I was saying earlier about that whole conversation driven social media. Mm -hmm. If you're showing up on Instagram on a regular basis, you have to remember there's five different ways to post. Uh, so, you know, you can post in the feed with a picture, you can post in the feed with a carousel, you can do Instagram live, 
You can do uh, Instagram stories, which is the short stories mm -hmm. at the top. And then you can do Instagram reels, which is the short form video. And if you want to really grow your audience and, and grow your community, you have to be showing up in all of those platforms or on all those channels somewhat regularly, whether it's just going live once a month or going live once a week. Everyone consumes content differently. And that kind of can sound a little bit overwhelming. Like, okay, Katie, now you're telling me I have to be on Instagram. I'm right. That's, yeah, that's, right. A, that's a lot. To that's a lot to post five, five different, five different but formats it, on one, on one platform. In, but if you think about it, so here's the thing, 80% of people who are opening up the Instagram app on their phone, mm -hmm. visit Instagram stories first. They don't, before they even go to the feed. So if you're not posting the stories, you're missing out on an opportunity to be seen potentially. And it's, it's finding out those ways. Okay. Well, I'm not saying you have to post five days a week. You can still be very successful on social media and Instagram, especially just posting three or four times a week. All I do is post three times a week, mm -hmm. but I try to shake up the way that I'm showing up. What I do every day is I go into the comments. I go into the feed. I go into stories 10, 15 minutes a day and I leave comments. I just comment on other people's posts. It, you wouldn't believe the network that I've built just by doing that. And I'm not saying I've grown them all into clients and customers, but other people who now engage with my content, other people, when I go to networking events uh, or, you know, we were just talking about podcast movement. I went to podcast mm -hmm. movement and tons of podcasters who have commented on their posts you know, came up to me and said, Hey, it's so-and-so it's, it's great to meet you in real life. And it's all because of that community building that I've been trying to do on a consistent basis, not necessarily creating content on, you know, a five, seven day a week basis, but right. showing up and leaving authentic conversation starters. So would you say that's a better way for, for business owners to get started? Cause I know there's a lot of hesitancy, um, with, with a lot of the people I talk to, they're just, they're, they're almost, it's almost as if they're worried about what people will think. And mm -hmm. the, the other one they come in with is, is, well, I don't know what to post. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I've got several things I try and, I try and coax out of them. I just wondered if you had any, any ideas so you could help the, uh, help the business owner that's on the fence there. I mean, I've got an Instagram channel, but what do I, what do I post? I'm not interested. Right. I know they all feel that way. And it, it can be hard because you're in the thick of your business mm -hmm. every single day. So it's kind of like, well, I spent all morning doing Facebook ads. Who cares? Well, somebody <laughs> that might need have Facebook ads probably would have liked to see what my process is, how I go about crafting the copy, how, you know, like why I'm, I could have been taking Instagram stories or created a short video of me doing that today and shared it with my audience. So there's a lot of things that you do in your day to day that you might think seem mundane, mm -hmm. but really it, I mean, documentaries on Netflix, you know, they spent over $30 million creating documentaries last year. Wow. So people care what other people are up to, no, no matter what it is that you do or what your business is, people are going to be interested in it because it's not their life. So keep that in mind. And if you're only going to post four times a week, I say it should be value value, value, and then sell. So give a tip. Um, I'm just going to go off of, of what I do. So I'll, so I'll mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. 
five reasons um, that your, your Instagram profile might not be working for you. And I'll share a tip like that. And then the next tip could be how to be more confident on video. And then the next re you know, value could be um, here's three hooks for your next Instagram post. Mm -hmm. And then on the last day or the, you know, the fourth post of the week, I'll send them over to, Hey, are you tired of uh, showing up into people's DMS and feeling, you know, salesy and spammy download my free guide. So it's, I've shown up on a regular basis, giving them all these tips. By the time I go in and say like, Hey, do you want to work with me? Do you want to buy from me? Do you want to join my email list? They're not going to feel like they've just been sold to on a regular basis. Right. You spend that time engaging them and uh, building a, building a relationship first, huh? Yeah. I like that. I think that's pretty, uh, pretty important. And that, you know, that leads you to, to getting to do other things, doesn't it? Um, you, you, you've spoken at several events here recently, right? Yeah. So I, uh, it's been a busy summer, but, uh, now that we're, we're past the summer, but I started with PodFest. I spoke at Social Media Week. Um, I spoke at, spoke at Outlier Podcast Festival. And then just most recently, I spoke at Podcast Movement. So been hitting the circuit here. And then Denver Small Business Week is up next for me. Well, congratulations. I, I want to know a little bit about that process, though, because you, you don't always just start out speaking on stages. Um, before you got to the stage and from being at MySpace helping people with bands, I want to <laughs> I want to dig into your journey of entrepreneurship because now you're an agency owner, but you don't start out as an agency owner, do you? No. So what was it? What was it like back in the beginning? Um, just when starting out and uh, talk, talk me through what it was like um, marketing on MySpace for bands and where you went after that. Well, being a social media, anything didn't exist back then. So oh, sure. I yeah. worked at the radio station and then um, it, I was just doing it as a, an in addition to my payment was free concert tickets. Right, They'd right. come on my show. I got to go backstage with them, you know, and have like, you know, whatever. It was, it was sweet. It was perfect for you know, a college graduate, you know, with like really no other responsibilities, but I landed my dream job actually right out of college. So I was the former uh, post game reporter for the Denver Broncos and the Colorado Rockies and Denver Nuggets oh, wow. here in Denver. Wow. Well yeah, done. And, yeah. And it was amazing. I loved every minute of it. And then this thing called Sirius XM came out and everyone in the radio industry panicked, including yours truly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had no TV experience. I was like, well, what am I going to do? So I moved into marketing. I was the marketing manager uh, for the Colorado Rockies television station for a few years. And then about six years ago, um, I was laid off. Oh, wow. And I was devastated. Our, our company was acquired by a larger company, and I was just a title. They didn't know what I did versus anybody else. And so all of the marketing department was eliminated. Um, so that I was like, well, now I don't know what to do, but I was, I was really fortunate because I had, I had an amazing boss and she and I still talk to each other, uh, to this day, but she said to me, she said, Katie, you know, you're so good at social media, what you've done for the station and the short time that you've been here has been amazing from doing targeted ads to, you know, getting our Twitter up and running and, you know, we're utilizing it like in the TV programs and 
uh, you know, got Instagram. She's like, you're just so good at it. The way that you think about social media, I would love it if that you could find a job where that's all you do. And I left her office and I was like, you know what? I, that's my favorite thing to do about this job. I was still doing media buys and script writing and, uh-huh. you know, other tasks, but, um, the social media was my favorite part of my day. And so when she said that, I, it kind of gave me this boost of confidence, like, well, let's just see what happens. And I went out and I, I actually got my very first client, um, within about two weeks of my last day at the the station uh-huh. and one client then about a month later turned into two and then to three. And the whole purpose is I, I we had, a, I have a, two little girls and I said to my husband, I was like, if, let me just see, what would you think about just seeing if we could, if I could make this work, if I can just justify paying what we would pay for daycare. Mm-hmm. And he said, all right, that sounds good. I was like, and I'll stay home with the girls. I'll work nights and weekends until, you know, we've, just until I figure this whole thing out. And I was able to make it work. I was making what I was going to be paying for daycare. And soon I was making more than what I had been making at the station. And I was working half of the amount of hours. And I was like, this is okay. If I really want to turn this into something, I, I have a legit business that I could take off that could take off. And, um, it's been six years now. My my youngest just started kindergarten. So I have five days a week from eight to three that I can be in the office and, and, and grow my business. And I have four employees that work for me. And it's it's absolutely incredible. Like I, I never thought that I would be an entrepreneur or have my own business. But looking back, I I think it was all I was always kind of taking steps by thinking outside the box. Right, and right doing things that I was passionate about. So here I am. Man, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, in, so I guess you know, that kind of gets to how I started speaking on stage. Sorry, I kind of well, went yeah. down a rabbit hole there. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we like rabbit holes. And I, I like hanging out down there. That's where you find out the good stuff. <laughs> it's, uh, it's where the guests open up a little bit to you. Um, you know, but so most guests, you know, most people I interview leave a stable job. Um, to go be an entrepreneur and you didn't have that option you were kind of kicked out um Mm -hmm. what what did that first contract go down like when you put on your first client how did that feel and uh, what was it like to go to work and execute that it was really really exciting and looking back I mean one I was grossly undercharging but two I was doing all the things so I was doing her website management I was writing blogs I was doing social media these are all things that I absolutely could do, but it wasn't the best use of my time. So mm-hmm. over the course of owning my business, you know, I've niched down from creating websites. I've niched down from writing blogs, just doing social media and social media ads. And, but it was, if I would have just gone in and said, all I'm doing is social media, I might've been burnt out or I might've never been kind of realized what I was most passionate about. So I think that it was great to have that, that stepping stone with like, okay, here's somebody that's willing to just bring you in and let you do all the things and you can figure things out along the way. So, uh, her name was Rebecca, but she, she definitely was my, she was my first client and, um, I'll never forget, you know, the, the relationship that I had with her because I, I just wanted to succeed so, so badly because she was my very first client. Do, do you think that's why 
most entrepreneurs grossly undercharge is because they, they want to succeed. I think that, and, the, and you go off of what you were making at corporate, right? Mm -hmm. So right. you kind of, so let's just say your hourly rate is 40 bucks an hour and you're going to be like, okay, well, if I'm going to be, it should take about four hours a week or whatever. So I'll try, you know, so I mean, like you go into it thinking it's going to cost X, but then you're not thinking like when you're actually in on the clock, it's, it's a whole different kind of workload for you. And, you know, so that, I, I don't know. I, I feel like all of us just kind of go into it doing as best research as we can. And we don't have necessarily the testimonials to back up our work. I mean, That's my true, boss yeah. thought I was great, but at the same time, like, <laughs> It, there, I didn't have any testimonials that I could push out there for, you know, new social media clients. And um, so, I mean, you have to kind of do, I think, I do think you have to take some of the lower price clients to build up your, your reputation at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my mom is my biggest fan. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> maybe not. Um, so back in the early days, um, tell us about a problem that you ran into that maybe, uh, maybe caught you by surprise. Was, was there, was there some kind of failure that you weren't expecting to have? Um, I wasn't expecting to have clients I, that weren't the right fit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've I mean, been there. Well, because I, you know, again, when you're first starting out, Mm -hmm. You want to do it for every, I mean, I could do social media for anyone, but mm -hmm. now I know after six years who I enjoy working with, what type of work, you know, for certain businesses that I push out my best work. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, sure, I could do social media for anyone, but is it going to be the right fit? And I remember, I, I don't know better term, but like firing my first client and mm -hmm. being like, this just isn't the right fit. And I was just sick to my stomach over having to, to send the email and I've read it like 10 times. And it was, it was, so, but then afterwards I was like, oh, I feel so much relief. And I think they did too, because we weren't the right fit and it's not always going to be the right fit just because it's business, it, you know, finding your, your true niche and, and the type of clients that you work with or the type of businesses that you like to work with really will help you grow as an entrepreneur and and grow your business faster if you guys are the right fit was that kind of a, a trial and error thing for you or did you actually sit down one day and just say right I sat down one day yeah I mean it was <laughs> because well I had so I'm a strong believer in coaches I've I've had yeah. a sales coach. I've had a business coach. I mean, uh, I've had multiple business coach. I've had mindset coaches. And I think that all of them uh, have played a really important part of my business journey. And one of my business coaches was the one that said, let's really look at who you're, who you're targeting here. Like what clients that, that you currently have, which ones you're charging, what you're charging or which, what you're charging for each, each of them which ones have been around the longest, mm -hmm. who do you, and it's like, I wrote, it's kind of like those, uh, those lists that you make, uh, the pro and con kind of list. And I wrote it all out and I saw, and I was like, wow, well, so I actually do kind of have a niche without even realizing who I was mostly working with. I was just kind of gravitating to them and they were kind of gravitating towards me. And um, there was two clients where she was like, okay, so these client, these ones aren't in your niche and you have more cons than pros. You're going to need to end the contract. And I was like, oh, but mm -hmm. I don't, 
but that's money and I have right. to pay for you. And no joke, after I ended the contract within a week, I had the right clients come in. They were paying more and two of them are still under contract with me. So, I mean, like uh, that of the new ones. And so right, that's right. one of the things where you, okay, I was able to, I was afraid of losing these clients, but now I found better clients that are a true fit and that I'm in alignment with. That's something that's difficult for a lot of us to uh, to grasp is that, you you know, oftentimes you've got to let go of something secure to reach out for something that's a better fit. And, mm -hmm. and when we first start in business, well, <clears throat> who's your ideal client? Well, anybody that needs some marketing. And, right. Uh, yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm glad you got that. Uh, I'm glad you got that lesson. I'm glad you, you brought it up. Um, I really did. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking through my list of questions, trying to figure which way would be a good way to, uh, to put this, uh, to a good direction to take this interview. I want to know, Katie, what's the one accomplishment that you've achieved so far that you're the most proud of now after six years in business? I definitely am proud of the fact that I've been able to take my business uh, to speaking. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, like I said before, I, I come from radio, so I and I have a pod, I have a couple podcasts. So I mean, I have Rocky Mountain Marketing, and I have a couple other ones um, that are more hobby based. But I, I enjoy speaking. I like talking into a microphone. And this past year, one of my goals was to start speaking more and. I've been at, you know, in-person events because I, during the pandemic, I did a lot of virtual events mm -hmm. and I, being able to transition my business that way and, and take my career down this, these in-person events has been really, uh, I don't, not, I don't want to say beneficial, but it, it makes me really proud to, to know that I was able to do it. I mean, that's, that's really the pinnacle for a lot of us as, as podcasters is to go and mm -hmm. speak at events and speak on stages. So yeah, you, and well-deserved to be proud of that. Very well-deserved. Now, I don't know if you've got one planned yet, but um, I'm assuming that there's going to be a book in the works shortly. So, there is uh, a book in the works. Yeah, there's one coming. It should be out by the end of the year. <laughs> okay, so I want to know a little bit about your book and uh, what motivated you to write it and then uh, kind of walk me through what that's about. Yeah, so I am writing a book on the evolution of social media and it's really going to be on how so we showed up on social media as mm -hmm. you know we talked about in this episode with conversation driven uh, posts and, you know, trying to form community to now again, just being these, these consumers of social media, opening up just to, you know, lose ourselves for an hour in 15 second dancing videos, you know? So, um, I'm going to be talking about the evolution of social media and then how you can maximize your efforts on each platform. So whether Facebook is your platform, how did we start on it? Mm -hmm. and how are we now? And if Facebook is where your audience is hanging out, how can you maximize your efforts there? Is TikTok where your audience is and the evolution of TikTok and how can you show up and maximize your efforts there? So whether it's it's only one um, platform that you have time for, how are you going to get the most bang for your buck out of your time spent on that platform? And um, I do believe that a lot of social media, especially is going to be the driving factor behind this whole evolution of, of Web3. Um, I think that we need community. And during the pandemic, 
-hmm. we were more willing than ever to make connections online. So how are we going to take our, our in-person lives and into the online space to where you and I can just throw on our, you know, virtual reality headsets and we can be sitting in your own little virtual studio where it looks like we are sitting right next to each other recording this, this episode. I think that that is going to be something that comes and uh, being open to community and, and networking online is going to be essential for making our ourselves ready for that whole web 3.0 world. Man, there's a lot to unpack there. So <laughs> number one, it's going to be an exciting ass book. I, uh, I would definitely give it a read. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was cleaning out uh, a box of stuff the other day from storage and I found a book from uh, from 2003 explaining the internet like a roadmap to the internet it was crazy mm -hmm. to look through it and see all the netscape browsers and aol chats and stuff um but you kind of hit on a topic that i wouldn't mind exploring for a minute or two man social media has has really really changed the way we interact uh, just immensely over the last 10 years and you bring up web 3.0 tell me what you think that the future of social media has in store for us and maybe a little bit about the societal implications the sociological fallout of what social media is doing to us as a species what are your thoughts on that well i think that social media is sometimes it can be a necessary evil oh yeah you know, i just yeah, got yeah, done yeah. saying you know how important it is to be on social media but man if i have to do another 15 second video you know ugh not all of us were, have grown up with a phone in our face, navigating mm -hmm. what we're eating for every single meal. So it can be exhausting to be on it all the time. And I definitely feel that for those that want to be content creators, they will be able to formulate communities in the Web3 world. So whether it's through NFTs um, and finding your community through there and, uh, you know, there's I don't want to go down too far of a web three rabbit hole, but I mean, let's just say, you know, everyone's heard of the board ape yacht club. They own the other side land in the metaverse. So let's say you own a board ape yacht club. You're one of the, you know, millionaires that own one of those, but you can actually all, you know, meet as your little ape avatars in the metaverse, which is the other side and like be hanging out and just like, uh, you would in a video game. I think that I never thought I'd say this, especially as a mom of two little girls, but I think that learning video games and that kind of immersion uh, is is important because we, we're going to see that stuff happen. I mean, we're already seeing brands where if you buy a, a purse, you get the digital token for it, mm -hmm. saying that you're the true owner and you can take that purse with you then around in real life, or if you want to take it into the metaverse and go have coffee with Sam in his, you know, virtual studio, I could still take my little person there on my avatar. I think it's just, all this sounds really mind blowing and, and kind of unbelievable right now, but I think it's, I think it's coming sooner than we think. And, um, the sooner we start learning about it and trying to prepare ourselves for, making these connections and going into this digital world, trying to formulate a community around our brand and business, 
it's just going to make things easier as web three becomes more and, and NFTs become more of a norm. Um, it's, I, I saw a thing from, with Bill Gates on the David Letterman show back from 1995 mm -hmm. and David Letterman was saying to him like, so wait, tell me this whole internet thing. And he's like, well, you know, you'll have digital mail and, you know, and he's like, and then David Letterman interrupts and he goes, so I heard that I could listen to the baseball game on the internet. And Bill Gates was like, yeah, <laughs> he goes, well, why would I want to do that when I can just listen to, listen to it on the radio? And everyone in the audience started laughing, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> of course there's the radio. Why would you, why would you need the internet? Mm -hmm. But look at what we're doing right now. Like I can listen to the Yankees game if I want to live while I'm sitting here in Denver, mm -hmm. I don't need a radio for it. I can listen to it through the internet and I can actually talk with other people that are listening too. again, informing community. So with Web3, with, with the evolution of the internet, the way that social media has taken us, again, especially after the pandemic, we're all looking to find our community regardless of borders. No matter where you live, you can find your, your people all because of social media and um, just trying to start conversations with them. Man, the, the future of this just, it, it blows my mind. <laughs> Do you ever wonder that, I mean, like, so let's say as adults, I'm, we're probably roughly similar ages. Um, you know, we started out posting stuff on Yahoo and GeoCities and, <laughs> golly, MySpace and then Facebook and then... Twitter and then Instagram. But, and <laughs> all that to get, the majority of interactions that I've had and with other people, the majority of them have taken place online over the course of my life. And... Mm -hmm. Every single one of them is recorded somewhere. And then we start moving into Web3 and we're, we're acting as avatars. And then we've got the advances in AI. How long do you think it is before we're able to interact virtually with AI replicants of, of dead ancestors and dead people? You think that's a, a real thing that's going to start coming soon? As yeah, look at us. This is like this is so much fun. I mean, I I don't know. Well, I, just I want, don't know. I just wonder if 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 technology is not just like some some way to to be able to replicate consciousness and uh, get like move us all into a digital world, and then the the physical world doesn't matter anymore, does it? Have you seen the movie Ready Player One? Uh uh no. Okay, so I, I feel like I should have. Well especially now, like, so it came out before the pandemic. And I feel like a lot of us pre pandemic were like, Oh, God, what a terrible world that'd be to live in. Oh, there was life but, before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> but well, in the movie in the movie. Um, but no, so essentially, this, this guy, he lives in a, a pod, and he puts on his VR, and he's just kind of a loner, doesn't really have very many friends in the real world, but he puts on his virtual reality. And he's super popular, successful, like it's entirely different world in oh, this is it where he's got reality. These, he's got these special glasses. Yeah. I, yep. I, I think I saw the end of that with my kids. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll give it another watch. But I, I definitely feel like, you know, we, Google Glass, it tried coming out years ago mm -hmm. where we could see, you know, virtual things that weren't really there. I think it was just ahead of its time. Um, I think that if Google or Amazon wanted to try and 
launch something similar, like in the next two or three years, I think we'd be ready for it now, whether it's, so let's just say this, we'll just, we're just going to go off the NFT side of things because that's kind of the biggest um, thing with, with, with virtual reality right now. So uh -huh. let's say you and I show up to podcast movement next year, mm -hmm. and we all have these glasses that we wear and on it with these glasses, I have my own NFT for my podcasts that I have. So you can just look and be like, oh, I see that you have a Rocky Mountain Marketing and oh, you also have a, a you know football podcast. Tell me about your football podcast. It, it'll it show Dude, on your so glasses and, what we have. These I mean, fucking conferences, if you could just look at people and it would say who they were and where they were from and like, for, yeah, oh, what they're doing, so you know, easier. Yeah. it would make things so much easier, right? Or like what communities are a part of, like, do you own any NFTs? Oh, you know, you also own a diamond dog. How cool. We're in the same community. Mm -hmm. You know, let's, what, what dog number are you? Did you go to this event? I the mean, dog show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but this is the thing. Like, I, I think that those are different, different ways that we can utilize early web three as we're starting to get used to all of it and, and things like Google glass, um, or, or I, I just think that they were ahead of their time, but I do think that making, they, they probably will make a reemergence and they'll be more sophisticated for web three metaverse kind of living. So on the assumption, right, that, that, that Neuralink comes out and it works and all the monkeys have stopped dying right and it works there's a switch and you can interface with that computer and it's everything we we dreamed of are you are you flicking the switch or are you going fishing um <laughs> can't switch I, it off you flick that switch that's it yeah i mean i don't know i i think that in person I think that they, they both have a place, you know, I, I'm sorry. I can't give a better answer on that. I just don't, I think it's hovering it, over the button, which one yeah. you press. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I think I'd, uh, I think I'd go fishing until they came out with the program for playing guitar perfectly. And then that would, that would snare me. That's what the, uh, that's what it would take to bait me into doing it would be would be the guitar program guitar mastery <laughs> it you know i think that we're we're in really exciting times um i'm just gonna go back back to that bill gates you know interview really fast i mean that wasn't even 20 years ago mm -hmm. and look at how far we've come in 20 years what what is going to happen in the next in the next 20 where are we going to be then and what are you know, our kids going to be experiencing, how are they going to be communicating? How are they going to be finding their community? I think it's, it's really, we, we live in exciting times and you have to be open to the different possibilities, whether it is, you know, making connections on Instagram or whether it is just, you know, opening up a, a hot wallet and buying a couple, you know, Bitcoins or mm -hmm. cryptocurrencies just to, to see what the experience is like. I think that if we think that it's just a bunch of fooey and uh, hype, I mean, we all kind of laughed at Bill Gates and and at Mark Zuckerberg too. And uh, when all the guys in tech that have all the money are investing in the space, I think it's naive of us to think that it won't apply to the way that we go about our daily lives. 
No, I think you're right. I think I just I may just end up going about my daily life with a fishing pole and, <laughs> and, and opting out. But like, you know, where where can it go? I, I've no idea. Um, you know, you hear all about this uh, transhumanism and actually mm -hmm. becoming part of a living living network of things, which uh, it fascinates me. At the same time, it says, you know, what maybe I maybe I will just go fishing, you know, because uh, <laughs> not quite sure. Maybe leave that for the younger kids to figure out. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, yeah, that's uh, maybe we'll just leave the future there. It, it is, it is pretty cool though, because I was just watching a thing on uh, on my hometown the other day. Uh, some guys doing a documentary, and I was pointing out, oh, that's where I used to go and do this and do that. And I remember there was one shop that I used to have to go to, and you would order the records you wanted, and you would wait. A week to two weeks to three weeks for the new album to come in from the artists that you like to listen to and um, now we live in the future now I'm interviewing a lady live over the internet that was previously only used to listen to baseball games and yeah. you know in, in college so it's, it, I don't think living in the future is such a bad thing I just again I think I'd, I'd probably opt out when it came to the brain implant though you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think about that movie, what is it, Minority Report, where everyone's eyes, like, mm. you know, are scanned, and they show you the commercials are specific for you, and that type of living scares me, but who who knows, you know, we'll, only time will tell. Pretty sure that already happens, doesn't it? I know they can track eye movement on these phones, and I, I know they show um, targeted ads, so yeah, who knows? Like <laughs> I don't even know. All right, we're getting off track. I got to get us back on track. Katie Brinkley, the uh, the host of the Rocky Mountain Marketing Podcast, is with us today, answering my questions as I as I poke around and uh, and see what her history is like. But I've got a question that I ask um, every guest, Katie. Um, this show is based around failures, obviously, and and succeeding after that failure has happened. So as you reach back through your last six years in business, what is one thing that you'd want to tell? yourself coming up six years ago that you know now that you didn't know then delegate and hire i mean it, the, if i would have hired my first employee sooner i would have scaled and, and grown my business faster it took me three years to hire my first employee and sometimes that can oh, wow. seem like it it can seem like it's like oh well how am i going to be able to afford to pay them but can you do all of it yourself? Yes. But is it the best use of your time? No. Can I schedule my podcast? Absolutely. It's really not that hard to, you know, just upload it into the, the, you know, I use ACAST. It's really not that hard. However, it wasn't the best use of my time. It ended up taking me about 20 minutes by the time I got the show notes in and mm -hmm. uploading the cover art. And that 20 minutes I could actually use you know, doing outreach, I could use it for uh, recording another podcast, guesting on a podcast, mm -hmm. and all those little tasks add up. So I absolutely think that when the hiring before you're ready is essential. Man, I got to go a little deeper on this. I don't quite know how to phrase the question. I know that there's a lot of people that listen to this show that don't feel like they're ready to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you kind of touched on it with best and highest use of use of time, but if 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 you're talking to somebody right now that's listening that's that's on the fence about 
getting their first employee what was it specifically was there any kind of trigger that let you know that hey you know what this this is risky but it's going to be okay and this is this is something i need to do it was so when when i hired my assistant um i had just come back from an event it was the last event before the pandemic shut the world down mm-hmm. and i wanted a podcast i want i wanted all these things but i was like I'm not, there's no time for me to, to do a podcast. There's no time for me to guest on podcasts. Everything I'm doing, like is client work. And, I, and there's no way I can make any more money than what I currently am. And unless I want to like triple my prices. Mm-hmm. So I knew if I wanted to do the important marketing that, that I wanted to do to grow my business, delegation and, and hiring somebody was essential. And so I, uh, there's an app called Toggle, um, mm-hmm. it's software and it's free. And I tracked how long it took me to do everything for right. two weeks, whether it was going in and checking my email, whether it was going in and uploading the podcast. So I saw how long all these little things were, were taking me and they were adding up. And so I was like, okay, so really about two hours of my day were spent doing tasks that were Mm non-revenue generating. Right. So that's where I started when I, when I put out the the job application, you know, to, to be my assistant was like, these are the tasks that you will begin with, but there are going to be opportunities for X and for Z and for Y. So I wanted to let them know, like, these are some of the other things that you could potentially be doing someday but these are what you'll be doing right out the gate. And, um, and yeah, I ended up finding an amazing assistant. She's still with me. And once I hired her, then I was able to be like, okay, so now I can bring on another client. Once I brought on another client, then I was like, okay, I can now bring in mm-hmm. a, a designer. And once I brought in the designer, I mean, like it helped me because I wasn't creating graphics and doing all the other little things anymore. Yep. And I was able to optimize my time. So, um, track your time and see where a lot of the task, how long a lot of the tasks are taking you. And you'll be, I swear you'll be surprised on how long certain things take because it, it shocked me. I was like, man, how, I need to stop checking my emails every 30 seconds, you know, mm-hmm. shut up, shut down the browser and check it twice a day because you go down, you know, a, a rabbit hole with emails for hours. Yeah. So, Man, that it's it's so funny that you touched on that. Um, yeah, one of the first things I do when I set up with a new client is literally a time study. Like, right, yeah. we've, we've got to understand what's going on here. And most people are so uh, resistant to it. Most people think I'm too busy. Are you too busy to even do a time study? Come on, what are you, what are you busy doing? Mm-hmm. Well, things. Well, work things. Things need to be done. I'm like, well. You know, the things that you're wasting all that time on actually cost about $15 an hour to have somebody do for you. So let's make a list. <laughs> but it's uh, th- that's good that you've embraced that because so many people resist it. Um, so thank you for pointing that out. Man, I don't even know what other questions I've got for you. You've covered the, the, the you've run the gamut. You've covered all the bases. Um, man, I should have like a really, really strong closing question. Um, <laughs> But I don't. <laughs> well, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you having me. And, you know, like you said, I think we covered 
Yeah, I Ether. should be saying I should be saying that to you. I need to put you on my yeah. fr- I need to put you on my friends list too because you've been a very <laughs> interesting guest. Not that I ever don't find guests interesting, you know. <laughs> but 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 some of those and we have covered a lot of stuff. But the one question I want to ask before I do wrap it up is for the people that want to learn a little bit more about you and ah. where they can follow you online and how they can consume some of the content that you're dropping out on Instagram. Where can they find you? <laughs> Um, that this is a great closing question. I love it. So you should use this closing question with every guest. Um, <laughs> so you can find me online at katiebrinkley.com. Believe it or not, I'm on social media. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley and connect with me on LinkedIn um, at Katie Brinkley. Be sure to listen to my podcast too, Rocky Mountain Marketing. So I'm gonna go and uh, I'm gonna go and check that out. Add it to my awesome. uh, add it to my playlist. I always like to pick up new things about marketing so uh, yeah we're going to go ahead and add your uh, add your website and your contacts to the show notes and uh, i want to thank you one more time for coming on katie thank you so much for for coming yeah. hanging out with us yeah all- thanks so much for having me all right guys if you have enjoyed today's show please run on over to uh, katiebrinkley.com you can check her out on instagram at i am katie brinkley and we will put those uh, We'll put those links in the show notes for you. Go show Katie some love. She's been a wonderful guest. And uh, as for me, I'm going to get out of here. I got a little bit of work to do this week. And then uh, I got some Friday fires that I need to get recorded for you all. So uh, that's it from me. It'll be good. Stay safe. And I'll see you later in the week. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.